I really just want to share a thought um, today, well, a couple of thoughts that God just really dropped in my spirit. And it's nothing new, it's nothing radical, but it's been floating around. And then I actually had a dream last night. And if I wake up remembering my dreams, that's significant because I don't usually remember dreams. But I felt it was like a bit of a warning and a bit of a push that we get stuck as Christians, as people. We get stuck in life. And one of the devil's tactics is if he can't get you sinning, he gets you busy. You know what I mean? If you, if, you, if, you get, if you have sin there that you're struggling with, all you can see is your sin. I actually had a revelation about that this week. It was just a side thing, but I'll throw it anyway. That you know, I was just thinking through how people get stuck in sin and so on. And, and this Holy Spirit said to me, he said, when a person sins throughout a day, you know, when you mess up or whatever, you, know, you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or whatever it is, he said, how much of the day does that take? And usually it's like that. You know, you, you sin, you sin, right? You know, if you get angry with someone, you get angry with them for a few minutes. Yeah? Depending on how your anger goes, or whatever it is. And he says, how much time is left in the rest of the day? Well, if that took an hour of your day, then you've got 23 hours where you're not walking in sin. But how much of that 23 hours do we focus on the sin that we walked in? But how long does it take for God to forgive you of your sin? You know how long it takes? It's actually already done. It was done back at the cross. So the moment you confess your sin, and there's not much point not confessing your sin, because God actually knows. You know that? He knows when you sin. And people go, oh, I can't come to God. He's already there. Like Sharon was saying, he's already there. He knows you messed up. You're not hiding it from him. It's not like when you say, oh, God, I got angry. It's like, oh, really? He knew. He's just waiting for you to confess it so he can take it out of your life. And then you get to walk in his joy and his freedom. You don't have to feel guilty about it because you've been set free from it. Just a thought to go with that. Don't let sin take up any more time in your life. And I find that people who go back into the same sort of sin, it's because they feel guilty from what they did previously and they carry it over. If you're struggling with it, great psalm. I mean, God was just speaking me through this process and he says, you know, go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103 is really cool. All right, if you're, if you're feeling a bit flat, and this isn't my sermon, but hey, you get this one for free. I know, but it sounds good. Yeah, we'll hand the buck around in a minute for the, for the rest of the sermon, but this bit you get for free. Psalm 103. If you've got your Bibles, go there. If you don't have your Bibles, then my question is, why not? Because it's really... And this is, you'll find this throughout the day as we talk here. Your Bible is the most important thing you have in your life that you can put your hands on. All right? You need to understand that. You want to overcome sin, put more Bible in. For if, dealing with the sin initially and not having that habitual thing in, 
you're struggling with it, you know, the more words you put in, the less room you've got for other stuff. But Psalm 103, verse 1, says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. In other words, every part of my being, when you're talking about your soul, you're talking about right down there into you. All right? So he's saying, from every part of me, bless the Lord and all that is within me. So everything. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And I feel a tangent coming on, but we're going to go with it. All right? I actually love what Bill Winston says about forget not all my benefits. He says, he says it's like, um, he says, over in, in there you might go and order ribs or you go and order some, say here we do it with soup. All right? Dale and I, when we were in Adelaide recently, we um, you know, thought we'd grab some lunch. And, and so we went to this place and they had this nice pitcher of pumpkin soup. Oh, if only the soup had matched the pitcher, but that's all right. That's not the point. And there's this beautiful thing of soup, and, and Dale's goes, oh, I'm going to get some pumpkin soup. She likes her pumpkin soup. And so she said to the guy, does bread come with that? And he said, yep, absolutely. And so she went, that's it, I'm sold, I'm having pumpkin soup for lunch. So he went and ordered the pumpkin soup, because she gets her pumpkin soup with the bread she can be there. That, that's the benefits. When God says, forget not all my benefits, bread comes with that. And if she got her soup and it had come out and there was no bread on there, the first thing she would have said to the waitress was, hey, bread comes with this. And that's God. He doesn't just give you your soup. Bread comes with that. You get the extra. You get the benefits. What are the benefits? Let me give you the benefits. Because it's time we stop walking in sin and stop beating ourselves up over where we are struggling. And it's time to know that in God you have benefits. You've got to know his word. You've got to be living in his word. He says, who forgives all. How many? So what does all not include? Nothing. All includes everything. If I said I was going to give you all a million dollars, who would that exclude? Nobody. And so if you're here as a family, you're going, ka-ching. Yeah? Because you get the double or the triple, depending on how many of your families in the room. That's God. He says he forgives all your iniquities. So it doesn't matter what you did, it's actually forgiven. God's just actually waiting for you to ask for the forgiveness. He's already given it. He's forgiven all your iniquities. You don't feel bad about anything you've done. Then he says he heals how many? All your diseases. So it doesn't matter what sickness you're going, oh, but I've got this. And, and this really gets me and it gets me in the church. And, and God keeps teaching me. He keeps saying, Philip, keep reading it on healing. Keep reading it on healing because I really want to push this into the church and I want to push this out into the world. It's time the church got itself healed so we can get out in the world and start doing some healing out there. Because you know what? The world's sick of hearing us. They need to see. They need to see Jesus. They need to see Jesus. And we need to be out there healing. And the problem is that we're struggling with sickness and wallowing in our sickness because we don't believe that he heals all your diseases. Yeah? Who redeems your life from destruction? 
Now I love this one. Redeems your life from destruction. How many times have you sat there and you've worried about something and you've stressed about something? You're going, how are we going to pay that bill? How are we going to do that job? How are we going to overcome that situation? Oh, no, the mortgage is due. Oh, the credit card's due. Oh, the power bill's due. Oh, this is due. Oh, is my job safe? Oh, what about that? And then you turn on the TV and you can't swim in the water because there might be a shark. And you can't drive down the road because there might be some maniac hooning around. And you can't walk in the shops because someone might be selling drugs. So you might as well stay in your house, but you're not safe there either because someone might break in. And we believe it. We believe the lie. Why is it we can, you know, if it's in the media... We go, oh, it must be true. But if it's in the Word of God, we go, well, yeah, let's prove it. You know what he says there? He redeems your life from destruction. You know what? You can be swimming in the ocean right next to the shark and patting the thing. Because he says in Psalm 91, he says 10,000 people could fall down dead at your side. You could be sitting in Subiaco Stadium and a virus falls on the whole place and every person falls down dead and you would live. Because he redeems your life from destruction. That 10,000 can fall at one side. A thousand at the side, 10,000 at your right hand and it will not come near you. I heard this story of a lady who was in a bank and um, they grabbed, um, it was in country USA, they, the guys got a bit crazy, police turned up and they're off their face on drugs and they started grabbing everybody, laying them on the ground and going along and just shooting them one by one. And this lady knew Jesus and she knew that her life was redeemed from destruction and she slayed there and she went, you cannot shoot me, you cannot shoot me. And this guy went, bang, 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 got to the lady and went, I can't shoot you. Bang, bang, bang. That's God. He redeems your life from destruction. So it doesn't matter what pressure you're under. It's a lie. This is what the devil does. He brings stuff in and he confuses and he brings us, you know, it gets us busy and worrying and stressing and all we can see is the problem, not the word of God. That's why it's so important when you wake up in the morning that you don't turn your phone on and flick the Facebook. That you don't flick on, check what the news is happening. I mean, how many of us have TV just playing throughout the day with rubbish coming out and the news rolling through? I mean, they keep extending the news hour. It starts at, what, five in the morning now and goes to midday? And then it's back on at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon through to what, 7.30 or something. What are they doing? Peddling fear. Peddling destruction. And we're buying into it. And then we get in our car and we flick on the radio and we listen to the news. And then we pick up the paper. And then we jump on the internet. And we read the destruction and we wonder why we struggle to have faith. 
when you wake up in the morning, pick up your Bible. Flick to Psalm 103 and read that before you read anything else. And it will frame your day. And if you're going to bed at night and you're starting worrying, then go to bed, open up a Psalm 103 and read it. And read it out loud. And it'll start to get into you. Because he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You're not getting old. You're getting younger. You know what the eagle does? It gets up in its nest and it plucks out all its old feathers. And it sits up there while new ones grow. That's why they can soar so high. You know, much above crows and hawks. There was an unexpected little bonus in there. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. But eagles do. That's what they do. They, they get up in their nest and they'll pull out all their feathers and so they grow a whole new set of feathers. And that allows them to soar at heights other birds can't go. It allows them to be renewed. And it's like they become like a young eagle again. That's what it means when it says there. So we see when you do this process where you wake up in the morning and you pick up the Word of God and you read that first before all the rubbish comes along, what you're doing is you're pulling out all the old stuff from yesterday and you're growing new faith in God. You're renewing your body, you're renewing your mind, you're renewing your spirit so that you're ready for what the day has. And at the end of the day, you're doing the same thing. You're plucking out all the stuff, all the times you've messed up. You're pulling it out of your life so it's not a part of you. All those old thoughts and worries and stresses, you're handing them over to God because you're blessing Him. You know, it says, bless the Lord. What He's saying is, bless me because I've got it in control. I've got this covered. You don't have to worry about it. Oh, come on. Is it really that hard to swallow? You know, that is how simple Christianity is. Matthew chapter 6 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else he'll just add it unto you. You know, it's actually not our job to make a living. Do you know that? It's not your job to take care of yourself. It's your job to seek God. The Babylonian system, the world system, the way the devil has done things is he's twisted the system so that we're so focused on doing God's job that we're not doing ours. You are not supposed to be concerned about your provision. You're not supposed to be concerned about what you're going to eat. You don't have to worry about what you're going to wear, how you're going to take care of your family, where you're going to you know, your house and pay your bills. You're actually not supposed to worry about those things. And as, as Matthew says, he says, when you worry about it, do you actually achieve anything? Does it actually bring any result? No. But how many hours in a day do you spend worrying? And stressing over this and that and the other. Thinking through this. How can I get through that? 
That's not your job. You have a really, really simple job to do. Is seek first him and his way of doing things. That's what righteousness is. God's way of doing things. And it says he will add all these things unto you. But we've trained ourselves to worry. We've trained ourselves to stress. We've trained ourselves to be under pressure. You have to retrain yourself. I had a dream last night that um, there was a situation where I was hanging out with, with a, a person who was a Christian and we were just hanging out and who they are isn't important. It's that they were a Christian was the important part. And um, they sort of, we were sort of chatting and, and they went over to, we were in uh, like the outside of a place. It was a courtyard and they went over one side and I went, was on the other side. And as they did, some guys came in and actually grabbed this guy, pushed him against the wall, and they put him on the floor. And there was about 10 other people, and they put them all on the floor. And I was over behind this hedge and a wall, and I could see them grabbing people and bringing them in, and their intention was to kill the people there. And I thought, what do I do? And the Holy Spirit spoke straight into my spirit, and he said, hide. Nice, brave thing to do, yeah? he said, just hide. And I was conflicted and I'm going, but, you know, they're over there and this isn't good for them. But the Holy Spirit said to me, go and hide. And as I woke up and as I thought on this and went, God, what are you saying there and so on? He said to me, he said, look, there is a time coming where persecution, physical persecution against Christians is going to occur. It's already happening in parts of the world. Right, if you're a Christian from Syria, then life has not been good lately. You know, if you want to look at the Olympics, there was a girl in there. I think I've told the story a couple of people. There was a, a girl in the Olympics who, um, you know, she had a normal everyday life. She was, I think, she's late teens, early twenties, normal everyday life. You know, everything was. She went to school, work, and so on, and lived in a, a nice apartment, and everything was good. And then they started to be bombed and attacked through the whole ISIS thing. And they came in, and her and her family had to flee. And the only way they got to the point of was going, okay, we're going to get in a boat and try and head up into, they were heading for Germany from down there. And so they got into this lifeboat, which was made to hold three people, and there was something like 12 or 14 people in this boat. And as they head out in the water, it started to sink, and her and her sister were both um, competition swimmers. From there, and so they jumped out with about four other guys and were just swimming together, pushing this life raft as fast as they could to get to where they want. She said, after a while, the, the three guys all got tired and got back into the boat because they couldn't handle it anymore and gave up. So, her and her sister, for three and a half hours, pushed this life raft with all these people in it all the way to Greece. You know, she said we were just absolutely exhausted, but we wanted to get out of that situation. End up in a refugee camp in Germany. Um, there, through doing some schooling and so on, they discovered that she was into swimming, and she became part of that team that was the refugee team at the Olympics. And we think, oh, but see, for her, she was in an everyday situation like this, just hanging out in her house, and then life changed. 
And you know what? The time comes when life will change. And we think we're in Australia, we're a long way away, we're fine. I'm telling you that in the dream, we weren't fine. That there was persecution come. And if you look through the persecution that happened in the early church, there were times where they stood up and they were martyred, and there were times where God said, go and hide, you need to fight another day. And the impression that what he really, really spoke to me, he says, he says, my church, my people need to know my voice so they know how to act and what to do in those times. And the problem is that we're not hanging out with Jesus. And if we're not hanging out with him now and we don't know the leading of the Spirit, we won't know it then. Because when you're in that situation, do you care about your mortgage? Do you care about your job? Do you care about... What bills you have to pay? Do you care about what someone thinks of you? No. Your perspective on life changes, doesn't it? And we need to change our perspective. I don't want us to be in fear and go, oh no, it's all coming. That's not the intention. Don't get into fear. What you need to do is get in faith. Because God will use you, whatever the situation to take you through. But the problem is that we're so caught up in the things of this world We've lost our focus on Jesus. The devil has deceived us and made us think things that are important that aren't important. And we've twisted things. We don't value the Word of God. We don't value our time in prayer. We don't value sitting down and allowing God to speak to us. What we value is stressing and worrying and the things of this world. And we know that by what we do and what we say and how we act and where we put our time and our money. You know what? For every situation that you're worried about, God actually has a supernatural solution. The problem is that we're trying to put natural solutions to supernatural solutions. God will take care of your debts. He'll take care of your situation if you will seek Him first. And when you seek him, go, God, I need an answer for this. And let him bring it by sitting in his presence. By, see, I mean, Dale said to me this, yesterday, I didn't know this, but um, apparently they've done research. <coughs> and when you speak in tongues, it actually increases the discernment part of your brain. And it actually has helped you discern and discover in situations before you. You don't want to do pray in tongues over the situation and God will give you supernatural revelation and you'll overcome it. See, we need to be seeking Him, not seeking the worries and cares of the world. We've got the verse around the wrong way. And it's time, church, to change. It's time to stop worrying about what everyone else thinks. It's time to stop worrying about what everyone else says and what they're worried about. That is the world's problem and you are supposed to be different. That's how God made you. The priorities for your life are different to the person next to you. They're different to the people you work with or you live with or in your world. And we have to get our eyes off ourselves and off our situation. And people go, oh, and this is why there's so much depression. This is why we have mental health issues. 
Because we're looking down here at our situation when we're supposed to be stepping into heaven and looking down and taking governance and authority. We're supposed to be looking to Jesus. And so we're afraid to share our faith. We're afraid to go into situations. We're afraid to take risks because we're looking at them from down below, looking upwards. And I'll tell you in a battle, the person with the high ground has the advantage. You ever see two planes fight? They'll always come in from above because they have the advantage. If there's a ground war, they want the high ground because they have the advantage. Why? Because they can see more, they can cover more area. And you cause more destruction. You want to destroy the works of the enemy in your life? You need to get up high. Stop trying to get down in the trenches and fight. You are not made to be in the trenches. You're meant to soar on wings like eagles. You're meant to be above and not beneath. The head, not the tail. That's how God made you. It starts, you just got to seek him. Take everything and just put it at the foot of the cross and say, this is yours, Jesus, and seek him. And as you seek him and seek him and seek him, you'll be found. You'll find him. And he will start to change how you think and transform you. You don't know how to seek him? Then just start by reading his word. Take Psalm 103 and read it out every morning and every night, the whole lot. It'll start to change how you think. Do it for a whole week. Do it for a whole month. Just nothing more than Psalm 103 till you're sick of it. And then we go through being sick of it and it'll rise up within you and you bring joy. Because if you're facing a situation you can't get through, the answer's in that psalm. If you're facing sickness, the answer's in that psalm. God doesn't bring sickness. He doesn't bring poverty. He doesn't bring lack. He doesn't bring trials. He brings deliverance. That's the God we serve. But the problem is that he's up there delivering it and we're down here going, ooh. You know, David's out there fighting Goliath. Where was everybody else? Hiding in their tents. And that's us. We're hiding in our tents and so our perspective is a little different. All we can see is what's in front of us, the flap, the sides, the boundaries, the limits. God made you without limits. He made you to go above and beyond. He actually made your life to be awesome and thrilling and exciting. Do you know that? And we're too busy willing, sitting in our tent, too scared to go outside in case there's something. And that's right. So how do you break it? Stop trying to break it in the natural. Stop trying to control people. Stop trying to change your situation. It's in the Word of God. You start by worshipping. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless him. I bless you, God, that you love me. I bless you that you died for me. I bless you that you live in me. You've got to be grounded in the word of God, even when you're worshipping. And then start to pray, Lord, I thank you that you have benefits. That bread comes with this. Sour cream even on top of your... No, no, fresh cream. Fresh cream on your pumpkin. Mmm. Mmm, 
Get that pumpkin soup, it's got to have some fresh cream on it, yeah? Dipping the bread in, yeah. I am, actually. Bread comes with this, yeah? Bread comes with this. You know, I really want to encourage you. Start doing that. Start speaking the word. And when you've prayed something, this is a whole other sermon. How long you got? Speedy sermon. I don't know if I can do a speedy sermon. Look, you've heard it before, but I want to reiterate. I want to push it in there. Look, when when you go to God and you pray, leave it with God. I get so frustrated, really frustrated, with the church, you know, and Christians, and they go, oh, "I prayed about this, but oh, I just don't know." Well, then that's it. If you don't know, it's over. Because you've got to know that when you come and you give it to Jesus, he's got it, he'll take care of it. Get your hands off it. Your job is to seek him. His job is to take care of the problem. So you go and you pray, Father, I have this debt. I don't know how to pay it. So I'm asking you, God, for your supernatural provision, for you to be able to pay this debt. I believe your word says that you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So I leave it with you. If you need me to do anything, God, you tell me. Otherwise, this is your problem. You've got mail. Tell them that when your bills come in. You've got mail, Jesus. And then walk away going, I thank you, Jesus, that you provide all my needs. I bless the Lord on my soul. Because I get all the benefits. And when you start to worry and think, oh, that bill, you know, the phone call comes in or you get another letter about it being overdue, you just go, I bless the Lord. If you go, it's being irresponsible, no. You answer the phone call, you do what you need to do, but bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, I don't know about my job. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep my job. I don't know if work coming in. I just bless the Lord. You know, if one job goes, another one will come. It's true. Just bless the Lord. Oh, I'm feeling sick. No, you're not. That's a lie. We just stop doing the devil's work for him and doing his confession. You know what the Bible says about sickness? It says he's healed all your diseases. It says that Jesus, when he died on the cross, 1 Peter 2.24, says, by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed back at the cross. So there's no room for sickness in your life. Stop accepting it. Oh, I've got the flu. We'll get rid of the flu. Oh, I've got this. We'll get rid of it. I know it's like to not feel well. I'm not saying deny your situation, but deal with it in the heavenlies. Speak the word of God over it. And you'll push it off your life. When you face a situation, you think, I've got a problem at work or whatever it is, and you're going, I don't know how to fix this. I had that this week. I got asked to do a consulting job this week. And they did all this preparation. And you know, day one was fine, but day two was dealing with a board of an organization and some CEOs. And, and they can all have agendas and things like this. And I mean, they're a lovely bunch and went fine. But there's a couple of times where we got stuck. And I'm the guy that was supposed to get them unstuck. And I'm going, God, I don't know how to get them unstuck. Because we've worked our way into a hole here. And so I'm just going, okay, Lord. 
I just need your wisdom here around this. And on the first day, it happened towards the end of the day. And the CEO got up and said, Can I, I meant to do an intro and I forgot to do my intro. Can I do some of the stuff I want to say now? And I said, go for it. And she got up and she said her bits and she went, and now we're going to do this bit. And so I thought what we'd do is we'd break into four groups and do it this way. And I went, cool. God took care of it. I didn't have to do a thing. And then I thought it was a brilliant idea I came up with. That's God. He'll do that. And the second day we were drilling down and I had this high-level board and, you know, so the pressure's on a little bit, you know, and, and, and they drilled down and they were down on this point halfway through the day and I thought, we're in a big hole. Because the stuff coming out, there was competing agendas across the room and stuff going on. I mean, lovely. They're all very nice to each other, but there are agendas in the room. And I thought, we're in a point where this is not, we're, we've, you know, we've walked into a dead end and there's no way out. And I did the same thing. I said, God, I'm stuck. Show me what to do here. About 15 seconds later, one of the guys goes, you know, I've always had a thought. How about we um, take this from a different, I don't want to mess with the process we've been doing, but what if we do this and we go this way? And I went, cool. So we do this, this, this. And they went, hey, that's a great idea. And in the day they went, man, you did so, so well pulling us through that. They love it. They paid me lots of money for it. And I didn't do anything. I actually spent most of the day sitting there while they did the stuff in their groups. I mean, sort of talking to people and stuff, but I wasn't really doing much. That's how God works. That when you have a thing and you're going, I don't know what to do with this, I don't know how to fix this, just start praying in tongues and go, God, I don't know. So this is your problem now. Show me the way through. And he will give you supernatural revelation. I've done it all through my working life and they think I'm brilliant. And half the times I didn't even come up with the idea. Someone else did. I just get the credit. That's what it is. You've got to stop speaking what you can't do and start handing it over God and saying, God's got this. And let him have it. Don't speak, I can't. Speak, God's got this. It's sorted. Yeah? That was the very abridged version. All right. We're going to stop there. But I really want to encourage you. Get into God. Don't make him the byproduct. Don't make him just a side story. Make him your story. Tomorrow morning, when you wake up, the weight of the world will come swimming into your bedroom. Just pick up Psalm 103 and bless the Lord and let it swim on back out and be someone else's problem. You know, if you're faced with things, you don't think, I don't know what to do with that, say, God, what do I do with this? You know what he may say to you? Don't do it. He says that. Give it back to someone else. Or he may say, Harry, how about this idea? Do it this way. Or even put that aside. And just have the day off. He says that occasionally too. It's really cool. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103. Make it your psalm for the week. If you read nothing else in the morning, in the evening. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Just close your eyes and bless him. Tell God how good he is. And speak his word. 
rather than your words or the devil's words or the words of the people around you. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Lord, I want to bless every person here in the name of Jesus. Lord, we bless you together. Lord, we thank you and we bless you for all your benefits. Lord, we thank you. Bread comes with this and cream as well. That you forgive us of all our iniquities, all the things we've done wrong. Father, we just confess them to you now. And we receive your forgiveness and thank you. They're washed away, never to be seen again. Thank you, Lord. You've healed all our diseases. Lord, anyone here struggling with sickness, Father, we speak to that right now. and We command healing over it in the name of Jesus. Lord, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whatever it is, Father, we just wash that sickness out now in the name of Jesus by the blood of our Savior. We receive healing. Lord, I thank you to redeem our life from destruction. The Lord, even if others fall around us, we walk in your blessing and favor. And you redeem us from any destruction around us. Lord, you crown us with loving kindness and with your mercy. Lord, our mouth satisfied with good things like pumpkin soup with cream and bread. And you renew our youth, Lord, like the eagles, that you pull out the old and refresh us with the new. And we rejoice in you. We receive the refreshing of your Holy Spirit. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. What I was talking, what I was, I was praying about something, I wanted to say something this morning. The first thing, piece of paper that popped in front of me is about God's timing, trusting in God's timing. And he has a set time for everyone's breakthrough. God has a set time to deal with people's addictions, problems, family problems, issues, um, everything. There's timing for everything. Because um, I'm, de- I'm dealing with this problem at the moment myself. I'm struggling, I'm thinking, you know, I'm trying my best and everything like that and everything keeps going the wrong way around, but it's not, it's not my time, it's God's time. He has a set time for people's, for breakthrough for people. There's, there's a set time for everything. There's people thinking, oh, I'm not getting, my prayers aren't being answered now, things aren't being heard, I'm not being listened to, I'm trying, like Sharon said, I'm always on my knees and praying and, and that, um, and there's a set time. It's not that she's about her situation, it's just about, I do the same sometimes, I think, why isn't something you know, coming my way or anything like that? But it's time. It's a set time for breakthrough. A set time is ordained by the most by the most high Jesus Christ for me, for you, for everyone. There's set time for everything. He will promote you. He will give you a breakthrough. We must trust in God's timing. God, give me the grace to accept your timing. God, give me the grace to expect your timing. So I expect His timing. I know He's going to set me through and. and Bless me with many things. Through hard times is when you've got to have faith and grace and believe that the Lord's going to give you that um, breakthrough that you need and that you want, that you're waiting for. Because if you don't have it, then you're never going to have it. There's The point of time is the best time. It's through faith and patience that we inherit God's promise. It's, it's, that's what I'm learning about patience and grace to, that, to accept God's promise because if I don't have that now, then what do you have? You have to have that. You have to have grace. You have to have patience. You have to have endurance. You have to have... Um, I know that sometimes we all probably pray and think, why isn't it happening? Why isn't that going for my way? Why isn't these things happening? Well, you have to have that. Um, you have to have patience. I say to God, God, my times are in your hands. I pray to Jesus and I say, it's in your hands. When it's my time... I keep pushing for things and asking for things too much. Well, it's in his hands. What will happen? 
don't try for things to happen your way, but let it let it go and let it go in Jesus' hands. Because more more you try and let it go in your way, it's not going to happen. Because like Pastor Phil was saying, it has to be in God's time. It's timing. Everything is timing. Don't force doors to happen and relationships to happen and things to fix in your time. They'll happen in God's time. Um, all it takes is a touch of God's favour. And that's all it is. One touch of his favour and things can turn around. That's why I know I have faith. And I know through my hard times, I've still got my beautiful missus and kids and I'm blessed. And we look at, we look at hard things. Why things so hard? Why aren't things happening in our life? And you go, well, I, go, I have to work hard and I have to toil and I've got people around me whinging all the time that it's so hard. And I go, you know what? There's people in the hospital bed that wish they could get up and look after a family. There's people that wish they could get up and have a job to go and look after their kids. There's people that wish they could be able to get up and walk their kids to school. So I think we're blessed with these things. So when, people, when we look at it that it's hard and it's tough, well, I don't think it is. I think it's pretty good. So don't give birth to Ishmael when we can have Isaacs. Amen. God bless. Amen. That's good. By faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So thanks, Christian. And it's been really lovely this morning just to see how the Lord just... Now, Philip and I are just learning to let go and step back and not be structured and go, right, we've got a program or a plan for the morning. We're just kind of going, I don't know who's going to do communion, but up popped Tracy and did communion for us. So it was like... So if you feel prompted, if you want to share, if you feel like you've got a word to share, just bring it. If you've got a song to sing, just sing it because um, um, it's like we're just letting the Lord lead and it, it's good. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, so thanks, Christian and Tracy for doing communion. <laughs> so we're going to have coffee and something to eat and uh, just remember prayer on Tuesday and our Thursday morning here at 10 o'clock, bring a plate with something on it to share. Thanks.